you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. Welcome to the latest episode of Unleashing Brilliance. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you again today. A big high five to those of you that are regular listeners to this podcast. And for any of you that are listening for the first time, welcome. Welcome to our podcast, Unleashing Brilliance, where we share the stories of people that are doing remarkable things. And we explore where that expertise, that learning has come from, and hopefully get some insights that we can all use in our own journey to brilliance. I'm so excited to have on the show today Felicity Fury. Um, I had the absolute joy of hearing Felicity speak at an event, I think it was towards the end of last year, and I was just in awe of Felicity's energy, her passion, and what she had already achieved as a, at the time, I think she was, you'll correct me, I'm sure, Felicity, but I think at the time she was only about 26, 27, and she's not that much older now. Um, so Felicity's expertise is, is all around the entrepreneurial space and, and building and, and selling businesses. But equally, her passion piece is both getting more women into STEM jobs or engineering jobs and also about the opportunity that exists with millennial leadership. She is an inspirational speaker, an entrepreneur, an engineer, as I said, that is passionate about diversity. And she's already founded two social enterprises where she shifted the perception of engineering with thousands of young people and companies. Her background is in civil engineering and she has delivered Australia's mega infrastructure projects for over 10 years. Now she applies those design principles learned during her professional career to engineer a better society. So we'll be talking a lot about that. Um, she has been named as a superstar of STEM and one of uh, the Fin Review, Financial Review, Boss Magazine's Young, Ex Young Executives of the Year in 2016. And she was also named as Australia's, as one of Australia's 100 women of influence at the age of just 26. She's often asked for comment, for insight, and for her thoughts on TV, in the news, and across all social media channels. And I just feel very grateful to have you on my podcast. Welcome, Felicity. Thanks so much for having me. It doesn't seem real when you read out that introduction of the things that I've done. It's quite a, a long list there. So thanks for that warm introduction. You have done so much. I correct, do correct me. How old are we now? How old are you now? So yes, I did get that award when I was 26, uh, the 100 Women of Influence. So I've got a few years on me now. Yeah, I know, but you're, you're, you're still, you've achieved quite a lot in your, your, in your young years, in your few years on this planet. So I can't wait to unlock what you think it is that has driven you through that. So can you, can you go back to the beginning? Can you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? Yeah, if I think back to what I wanted to do, the only thing that comes to mind is being an inventor. And I think that's because I... I would say I'm quite a creative person and I like building things and I just thought it'd be cool to invent stuff that could help people but I didn't really know what that could look like as a job 
And where did where did that that come from? Where can you who inspired you with even you know, most people go, I want to be a hairdresser. I want to be a business person. I think mine was, uh, my serious one was, I want to be a bank manager. And my fun one was, I actually wanted to be a backing singer on a stage, which always makes me laugh. Uh, so so who, who made, who planted that seed in your mind? I feel like my parents kind of said, growing up, you can kind of do anything you want. And I remember going to an International Women's Day event, actually, and I got this bumper sticker that said, girls can do anything, and I stuck it on my wardrobe. So I really felt like I could kind of do anything I wanted to do, and I think my parents really sort of gave me that open mindset of being quite creative and um, we had a, a craft box growing up so it was sort of we'd collect things random things and if we were bored or we had spare time mum would sort of say I'll oh, pull out your craft box and see what you can create so I feel like those things kind of influenced me along the way. Oh that's great gosh I wish I'd have had a craft box I think I struggle with a box of Lego right now unless it's got instructions in it I look at all the different we I don't know if you've watched that Lego Masters on TV and I'm in awe of what people create from little boxes of plastic blocks of plastic I go where's the instructions and I'm <laughs> what does that say about me um so so thinking about because you've had how many businesses have you got under your belt now Oh, I think I'm up to about five. So yeah, I've got the social enterprise I started and I'm also running a couple of businesses with my husband, um, which has been a lot of fun as well. So what is a key watershed moment for you that, that you think looking back was, yeah, that, that was when things started dropping into place. That's, that's when I look back, one of those pivotal moments in my life. Mm. Well, there was that that moment when I did want to be an inventor and be creative, but then something, I'm not sure quite what happened growing up, but then I felt like I wasn't going to be smart enough or I was pretty average or maybe it's kind of the Australian tall poppy syndrome of, you know, don't put yourself too, too out there and don't, you know, talk about yourself too much. And then that really influenced me uh, for a lot of my schooling, I think. And I felt like I didn't have that many friends at school. So I wanted to be a real people pleaser and kind of blend in with the crowd. But then when it came to sort of choosing what I wanted to do when I finished school, I got really stuck and I wasn't really clear on what I wanted. And my parents were very supportive. My mum studied art. My dad did journalism. They said, don't do what we did, but, um, you know, think about what you enjoy and what you like. And I ended up picking a whole bunch of random subjects like art, ancient history and physics for my senior years at school, which, again, didn't really help me point me in any kind of direction. But my teacher actually suggested at the end of year 12, maybe you could be an engineer. And I really thought, engineering, wow, that's for really smart people and you do maths all day. That's not really something I could do. I'm a really average student. But that kind of sparked a curiosity in me and I thought, well, maybe I could give it a go. And I ended up putting it as my fifth preference at uni and that's what I got straight into. So I kind of fell into engineering in a way um, and it sort of I feel like it was a bit messy to start with before I really figured out what that was or really before I even figured out business so it was definitely I feel like an awkward start to my career. And so the businesses that you're you're doing now can you share a little bit with us about what those businesses are and um, and their reason for being what is it that keeps driving you to to run those businesses? 
Yeah, when I worked in, walked into that first engineering class, I'd gone to an all-girls school and I'd heard there weren't that many women in engineering, but I didn't really expect what I saw when I opened the doors and I was about 10 minutes late and it was this old school lecture room where the door's like right at the front of the of the room so the only way to get to your seat is walk across the lecture theater and up these stairs and it was so embarrassing and I looked up and I saw that there was hardly any women and there was only 10 women in my class of 120 and I just thought I'm in the wrong room it just it was it was quite surprising for me and that kept going throughout my career. And so I didn't really intend to start a business, but I just wanted to get more women into engineering because uh, engineers design and create our world and we're not having equal representation of women actually designing it and creating it. So um, I thought I could do something about it. Let's put on an event for girls to find out about it. And that became my first business. So we ran free one-day events for students across Australia to learn about engineering and hands-on workshops and shift their perception. And now I've reached over 10,000 students across Australia. And that kind of led to the next business, which is um, creating real-world maths resources for high school students. So people always ask, why am I learning this in class? And what's the point of this maths? So we thought we could do something about it and make maths practical and relevant for students. So that became our second business and um, we ended up getting an investor, which was really, really exciting. And I've yeah, really learned business hands-on along the way um, in creating those companies. What do you think, is there anything looking, looking back across your business success that you think has, has, has given you the skill and the capability to take the action that you had? So you started your first business at what age? What were you? Um, 25. 25. You've now got four businesses at the age that you're at now. What do you think is making the difference? I think actually being an engineer really uh, did help in starting those businesses because for me they were sort of here's a problem that I need to solve and I think that product market fit in business is really important and getting the business model right and I've learned a lot through doing the businesses and my husband has also run several businesses and his haven't um, haven't always gone very well and we've learned a lot from making those mistakes so I think having that problem solving mindset as an engineer can be really powerful and and really helpful to figure out um, it's just a big puzzle like what's the thing that's um, that's missing what do I need to find the answer to and keep iterating and keep working on it until you get um, to where you want and I think that's actually a real benefit of engineers and scientists is we're experimenting all the time. We're trying to come up with a solution and it may, might take us hundreds of times before we actually get the answer that we want. So I think that's really helped me in business. So outside of engineering speak, that could be, you could actually be talking to this concept of resilience or grit or inner hunger and, and determination. Do you, do you think that's, yeah. And, and now you're, you're talking quite a lot um, around the world, around the opportunity that exists um, for millennial leadership. Can you share your angle, where you're coming from? What to you uh, is the opportunity of actually getting more curious about millennial leadership? Yeah, well, I de definitely wanted to be a leader growing up and I thought it would be something that I would do when I had grey hair and when I had, you know, a PhD or something, or all these years and decades and decades of experience and that 
you know, leadership would kind of be bestowed on me, like, oh, you've done enough now, well done, you're now the CEO or this leader of this company. But actually, it's kind of been the opposite. It's been something I've discovered along the way. I've made a lot of leadership mistakes in my journey. And I feel for me now, it's really leadership is leading without a title. You could be someone in a team and you can still be a leader. You don't have to have that title or that experience. And I think what we're seeing with millennials, which is quite interesting, is that it's not about how much you know and the years of experience. It's more about how you think. And the future of work that we're walking into is more about how we think rather than you know you have all this information, knowledge, because the, the world is moving so fast and so quickly we're not able to actually have all of that knowledge available to make decisions. And so what do you think each generation can learn if we, because I mean, I'm, I'm getting closer to 50 than the millennial age. And I often hear in the work that I do, um, on this level of, you know, some people judge millennials rightly or wrongly. Mm-hmm. And some people have opinions about millennials rightly or wrongly. And my view very much is that generationally, um, we actually, all generations need to learn from each other and all generations need to teach each other. So if we think about this in the context of learn and teach, um, what, what from your perspective can millennials teach others? And then on the flip side, from your perspective, what do you feel millennials have the opportunity to learn? Such a great question. I agree. I think that we need to be leveraging all the different generations and the different skills that we have. And I, you know, of course, we're kept, like putting a broad brush stroke across people saying you're a millennial, therefore you're you're this way. But I think generally speaking, um, millennials have grown up with this, you know, technology changing all the time. Um, and also, you know, we've had some pretty big challenges. You think about um, we've had 9-11, then we've had the global financial crisis. So from a work perspective, there's been boom and bust along the way. So I think what um, millennials bring is that they're really willing to actually speak up and speak their mind. Um, we're, we're also a generation who has had to adapt very quickly to different technologies and different situations. So I think that we can bring a lot of adaptability and flexibility and um, you're seeing, you know, the gig economy and millennials taking to that because don't have the, um, you know, the, the job security. So I think that's what um, people can learn from millennials. And I think what other, um, what millennials can learn from other generations is to really listen and understand and bring all of the perspectives together. Cause I think, everyone has something valuable to bring. So um, the willingness to speak out, but also the willingness to learn and understand is really important. And so with that, what, what advice would you, would you give to any of our listeners that may be struggling somewhat potentially with, um, with some of the millennials that may be in their workforce, what do you think we have to do? How do we get the best? How do we ensure that this awesome opportunity that exists with a new generation entering the workforce, that we um, support them in the best way so that they can lead uh, us all into the future? What do we need to do? Well, there was a really interesting report that came out last year from the World Economic Forum, and it talked about how do you lead in the fourth industrial revolution, which is where we are. And They said the number one job of any leader is to empower people. And that certainly fits with kind of the attitudes and perspectives of millennials is they they want to be empowered and that's what they see leadership as. 
So I think it's really that um, that mindset of how do we empower and how do we get the best out of each person, whatever generation that um, you're from. And I kind of think about the workplace we're going into or the workplace we're in is more like a jungle gym rather than a ladder. And Sheryl Sandberg, the CEO of Facebook, talks about this quite a bit, where it is more malleable and adaptable and there's lots of opportunities and it's not that strict, uh, ladder, rigid structure that we have had in the past. Mm-hmm. So I think what everyone can bring is that um, adaptable and flexible mindset to go, how can I make this an opportunity in a challenging situation or how can I really... Um, make this work because we're going to be faced with a lot more challenges um, going forward. So I think that everyone can empower a person in their team and you don't have to be the leader to do that. What are, what are some of the fears that you have um, as we sort of, particularly now I'm interviewing, we're having a chat right in the middle of uh, a level of lockdown here in Australia. Um, and when this goes live, there'll still be lockdown happening around the world and other, other countries coming out of it. Um, what, are, what are some of the things that you're thinking about right now that's on your mind about the possibility for business and the stuff that we've got to get curious about um, when it comes to ensuring that we, we do embrace the opportunity that exists with, with this, this incredible group of people in our workforce? Yeah, I think it's a big challenge for young people in particular because often young people, um, today it can take you 4.7 years to get a job after you graduate university in your field. Um, The young population is a huge part of, you know, a huge portion of our population. And so I think during this time um, we need to be thinking about not just those traditional career pathways like, oh, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, I'll go study law, or I'm a teacher, I'll go be a teacher, but actually how could you apply those skills to, to, different, um, to different roles? So for me, while I've done civil engineering, which traditionally could be, you know, building a road or working on a building project, how could I use those skills and think about them more as a skill set? So, you know, being a problem solver, being creative, um, being flexible, having that engineering mindset how could I apply that to to other areas so I think it's going to require everyone to be more adaptable and think a bit more laterally around how we can apply our skills rather than those sort of set set fields that we have Um, and yeah I think it's I think it's actually a really exciting time because while it is very challenging for a lot of people and I don't want to step over that it's also a real opportunity to look at well what hasn't been working and actually go towards what is working and and you know really transform that for our careers and for our work. I love that point you make about skill set it's a conversation I've been having recently with a few people who the risk is is that they suddenly change everything. It's like they throw everything up in the air and, and choose to start something else because that's what the market they think is needing right now. Mm. And um, what I've been saying to people is, you know, your skills, your your experience, your insight, your smarts, your thought process is the thing that makes you you. And um, and it's interesting when on this podcast, Unleashing Brilliance, you know, it really is your own inner brilliance and your ability to own those skills, those thoughts, those insights, and get curious about um, how you can use that skill to solve problems versus, Mm -hmm. as you say, I'm a recruiter, I'm an accountant, I'm a lawyer, I'm a marketeer, um, which 
which to me is really exciting because hopefully it will unlock even more possibility into the future. And I think it's hard to see when you're in your own world. The other night I was working with my husband around one of our properties in, our, in the business that we have together. And I got so excited about doing this compliance check. Like I read the whole like workplace, like your uh, wellbeing act. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got this amazing compliance spreadsheet. And he was like, who are you? <laughs> I just love the detail of it. And I didn't realize I would not describe myself as a detail person. I describe myself as this creative people person. But he comes from a sales background. So compared to his skills, I am quite detailed. And he said, I think you just compare yourself to engineers. So maybe I'm the bottom end of the engineers when it comes to detail. So I think by stepping outside of our own kind of world, of our own professions, and actually um, you know, working cross-disciplinary, which I think we're doing more of, is actually a really great way for you to see what your skills are and the value that you provide um, when you're working cross-disciplinary. You can really see that. What's, what's one of the greatest challenges that you've had to overcome, Felicity? Oh, I think probably uh, understanding uh, what my skills and strengths are and my own capabilities and abilities. I definitely have the imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. I don't know if I can do that. And I think having mentors and people actually see um, my capabilities and believe in me has really helped me overcome those challenges. And so what's, what's the next thing for you, apart from personally, but professionally, what, where, what's next? Where are you taking this? What's your big vision for the future? I really love business. I didn't really um, expect that I would love it so much. So uh, me and my husband, our long-term goal is to be investors because we see that if we can um, put funding behind projects that really matter to us, we can have make a big impact and, and leverage. So for us, we've got a 10-year vision around um, becoming investors and actually creating a global leadership institute. It's a working title. We're not quite sure what that looks like. Um, but for us, we're looking at uh, what's our legacy, what's next for us. And so we're working towards that. And one of our, pro- our businesses is in property. So we can see that that can help us uh, have us get there and, and that pathway. So yeah, for us, we're thinking about what's our legacy going to be and I I can see myself doing a lot more business and while it might not be the pure engineering which I love I think that engineering problem-solving mindset will still be used while I'm running my businesses. That's so good. So in the context of this podcast Unleashing Brilliance what, what does that mean to you? I think everyone has an incredible amount of brilliance. I love the name for the podcast and it's but, you know, we've got to unleash it. We've got to discover what that is. And we've got to really figure out through, you know, whatever it is, like through mentors or through speaking with other people, it's so hard for us to see our own brilliance. And I think it's really important for each person to own it because I, I find that I find that quite difficult of like, oh, I'm an engineer, I should be more technical, but I am really a people person. So um, I think owning your brilliance is really important for success. And for you, what's your brilliance? Oh, um, I've discovered this recently. So for me, I would say creating a vision and getting people on board to to deliver that vision. And 
I thought to be successful, you needed to do everything yourself, but really it takes a team, it takes diverse personalities to make something happen. So my business partner, she's really good with detail and process. And I learned uh, the hard way that actually it works better if we work together rather than me trying to do things on my own. So I stick with the vision and the big ideas and then I find people who are really great at delivery and execution to help make, make it happen. So I'm imagining that um, you're a big thinker and you love exploring ideas and uh, what other people think, even uh, being a thought leader in that space of leadership and, and the work that you do, the, the engineering work. What's, what's one of the most impactful books that you've read or the thing that you're reading right now that may have changed how you operate? Oh, I love reading. I have a goal to read at least one book a month, which I feel like is low compared to, to a lot of people who read a lot more. But I actually, it's, if I'm not reading, I, I feel like I get, my husband says, you're getting cranky again. You mustn't be reading. So it's a really important thing for me to do. Um, at the moment, I'm listening to a book called uh, The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone, and he talks about taking massive action and how when you take massive action, you can really make things happen. I actually read it last month and I'm reading it again because it was just so powerful and so good. And it just is really helpful in getting your mindset into you know, forwarding the game that's important to you. And yeah, I mean, massive action. I think that's pretty much sums it up. And as we sort of come to the end of, of our conversation, what's, what's the last thing that you would like to say to our listeners? Um, anyone that is curious about this concept of millennial leadership and the opportunity that really does exist for all of us to embrace, um, embrace this as we enter what is going to be a significant period of change, of evolution, of adaption, of resetting. Um, what are some tips, final tips that you would leave with our listeners? Mm, I think each person who's listening, you know, you are enough. You are amazing at whatever you're amazing at. And I would encourage each person to really get clear on what your strengths are and how you can provide value to people with those strengths. I know in my career, I've often sort of said to my manager what I thought the best thing that they wanted to hear was or oh yeah I could try this role or I could try that and that doesn't help anyone that doesn't give me satisfaction in my role or doesn't actually help them put me on the path that I need to take so I think for everybody really understanding your brilliance and your strengths is so powerful and be okay with where you want to go and set those big goals and get out there and just share them with people that's been a real key to my success in business is just share my ideas no matter how crazy I think they are and you'll find someone who can get you on that pathway so understanding your strengths sharing your big ideas and you know you can be a leader no matter where you are and what you're doing and I think it's a really exciting time for all of us because there are going to be so many opportunities for leadership in you know whatever this new normal looks like and whatever world we're heading into. Felicity it's been an absolute joy as always to chat with you thank you for being so open about your thinking on leadership, um, your journey. And there are so many little nuggets of advice and wisdom and tips for all of us to take uh, into our work today and tomorrow. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. 
follow her blog, purchase her books, or find out more, visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.